Hey guys, Texas Slim here. I am Texas Slim Podcast. The title of the podcast today is The Blade That Never Dulls. What does that mean? Well, it's an old uh, saying about samurais. If you have a samurai sword that needs to be sharpened, uh, then you don't have a sword. And if you have a blade that never dulls, then you have basically a tool that you can always rely on. And whenever I started the Beef Initiative, I looked deep into all forms of technology, technology from kinetic technology to modern day digital technology. We've been using technology since the beginning of time. The handshake basically was a form of technology that was engineered by human behavior. It's kinetic, it is peer-to-peer, -peer, and throughout my lifetime, I've been involved with all forms of technology. Um, I speak of the sword that never dulls. Well, I was into metalsmithing at a very young age as well, in my teenage years. And in Austin, Texas, I actually learned from a metalsmith. His name was Richard, and it was a place called Mind Over Metal. So I know a lot about metal. I know a lot about technology on how to manipulate metal. But the one that's most important as far as how do you manipulate metal comes within the mindset first. Uh, technology these days, I think the technology is driving the mindset instead of the mind basically driving and using and leveraging technology in the correct way. Whenever I was in young, basically startup days in Austin, Texas, it was a collaboration that was absolutely beautiful. We, uh, from those days and times, I was able to reflect. I was talking uh, with our executive producer yesterday, June, and we were talking about the 90s with uh, the dot-com boom, bust, online software, all of the wonderful technology that a lot of people get to use today. The 90s were very foundational. Of course, we had a lot that happened before the 90s, but one thing that did happen during the 90s was vast amount of collaboration from many different aspects of our society. It was all new. It was pioneering. Um, you know, the wall had come down. Communism had been defeated. And the world was going to be a better place. And we had this new form of technology that we were going to engineer. And the collaboration was something that we had from artistic, basically, quality. We had mechanical. We had engineering. We had all kinds of, uh, basically, technology coming together. And one thing that has happened is that the artistic orchestration and the mechanical mindset of the technology that we use today has been lost. It has been captured in ways that most people do not understand because they use technology in an interface surface level way. So don't let me get you confused today. If you're a rancher, producer, consumer, new to technology, been around technology, we're speaking to the full spectrum. I will generalize a little bit today, but I'm going to give you a broader understanding of how the Beef Initiative was basically thought up and how it moved forward with a baseline layer of a dull that never blade, uh, a blade that never dulls, sorry. A blade that never dulls. Well, this is how we look at technology within the Beef Initiative. The Beef Initiative has always been a technology company on the back end. Uh, the partnerships that we've basically created, my co-founder, uh, JP, I'll speak to him in a little bit, but what we did is we knew that we had to be basically a form of technology that is 
decentralized as much as possible, that it makes foundational change in everything that we engineer in every part of society that we're going to touch as far as lifestyles, as far as consumption models, audio, video, food, that the technology that we basically create from source code, open source code, that mm, it never dulls. And so that's why we kind of move slow within the beef initiative, but that's why we also facilitate very quickly. I'm going to give a little review of, uh, I'll be looking down at my phone. I usually don't take notes, but today I'm going to because I'm going to read basically an outline from the very beginning of food intelligence, the harvest of deception, the harvest basically that I went on. Um, everything started with peer-to-peer -peer communications, my mindset. Everything started with decentralized communications, decentralized money, decentralized food, decentralized proof of work. As much decentralization as possible, peer-to-peer -peer is how we approach everything within the ethos of basically Beef Initiative and one of many reasons that we use Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer network, technology network that many people just do not understand yet. It's okay, you're not supposed to. Uh, we're gonna be bringing you educational tools, educational works, workshops within the Beef Initiative. We're gonna be bringing you uh, new partnerships that we're basically forming right now that are foundational. They're not based on a fiat mindset. They're not based on a centralized mindset. They're based on a peer-to-peer -peer decentralized technology mindset. So off we go. Uh, you heard me say the artistic orchestration, the mechanical mindset basically has been lost. Um, first off, the internet shouldn't basically, should never be centralized in the way that it is. What do I mean by centralized? There's gatekeepers out there that you don't know, and that comes with basically layers and layers of technology that has been built on the internet network itself with the use of protocols and everything like that. TCP IP being one of those protocols, but throughout the last 30 years, I would say that we've built layers upon layers upon layers on top of the internet. Each one of those layers, they come with new basically behaviors, they come with new access, they come with new products, they give you access to basically centralized products and services, but they also come with a lot of censorship as we know. There's a lot of gatekeepers out there that want to control your behavior online, thus they want to control you with data mining, data science, all of the above that comes with participating on an interface surface level within the internet. So let's not get too daunting here. Um, one thing that uh, we have noticed within the Beef Initiative, and one thing that I very much knew from the very beginning, that the American rancher producer has never had a digital voice. They never will. They have to pay their way into being able to have a digital home front, a digital storefront, a digital ranch, to basically provide the digital intelligence that is fee, uh, food intelligence and beef intelligence. You have to pay your way in to use Google. You have to pay your way in to use Facebook Marketplace. You have to pay your way into Etsy. You have to pay your way into any digital marketplace that exists right now. And that comes at a cost, a cost that a, a lot of the 
ranchers and producers in the United States really do not understand, and it's not their responsibility to understand this. Uh, they get solicited to all the time. Uh, now that there's many ranchers starting to get some attention within the beef initiative, well, guess who's knocking on their door? Centralized digital marketers and advertisers. Well, they come with not understanding that the reason the rancher producer does not have a digital storefront is a lot of times they don't have the time nor the funds to basically create that digital storefront. The Beef Initiative is here, it's foundational, and that was one of the things that I spoke with uh, JP in the very beginning. JP Valdez is co-founder of the Beef Initiative. He is a widely proven software engineer. He is a widely proven entrepreneur. He's a widely proven um, technologist. JP brings so much technology that within the first five minutes of meeting JP, I knew that we were going to work together to basically co-found the Beef Initiative. Um, it was a phone call that I had with JP and with Michael of Oshi, Oshi app, O-S-H-I out there that are, those are confused on how to say it, pronounce it and spell it, Oshi app. Go download it now. There you go, Michael and JP. JP is also the co-founder of the Yoshi app. We have been collaborating since day one of the Beef Initiative. And let me give you a roadmap of how the Beef Initiative came about. I've been working in food intelligence, a research analyst, as many of you guys know in my professional career. I know how to scrape the internet. I know how to do a lot of things, and I have a skill set that comes from ranching and agriculture, but it also comes from deep big tech. So I combined all of my skill sets, all of my understanding of technology, and I started formulating a plan. The first, though, I had to go out there and put the boots on the ground. These boots right here were uh, the boots that I was wearing whenever I went in and embedded myself into a harvest company. Harvests ranged from Texas all the way up to the border of Canada and North Dakota, all the way back down to Texas. And anybody that knows the harvest, they know that's the pathway that each harvest happens every year. You start later in the spring, you go all the way summer, fall, you know, all the way into the end of the year as much as possible. The harvest moon, have you ever heard of that? Well, it comes about once a year and it's beautiful. But I went on harvest and I began to do research and analysis. I was studying the multinational food organizations apparatus. I was also uh, basically putting boots on the ground to look at our communities to basically leverage all the technology I had. And when I wrote The Harvest of Deception, and you should read that article if you've not read it. That's basically how the Beef Initiative really started was me writing The Harvest of Deception. Whenever I was on harvest that year, I began writing The Harvest Deception with technology. I started on a smartphone. I started writing and pinning The Harvest of Deception out in the fields of canola, we know as rapeseed, in North Dakota. Um, whenever I got back off a of harvest, though, I knew that I had to have a solution for everything that I had, as my grandfather taught me, you can complain about the issues all day long. One thing that you never do is you never go into a room complaining about issues without offering up a solution. By offering up solutions, you give people a call to action. And so my call to action was to go shake 
a rancher's hand, an animal producer's hand. I basically went to my hometown. That's where I landed after harvest, Canyon, Texas, Randall County. I went to the county square. I had these boots on, as I did on harvest, and I basically went up and shook a man's hand. That was Justin Trammell of Panhandle Meats and of Tear Bloom. Him and his father, Donnie, run Panhandle Meats Processing, Trammell Cattle, and told him what I was thinking. And uh, he liked my idea. Justin was born into food intelligence. He is an engineer of beef intelligence, of food intelligence, of soil intelligence, of health intelligence. Justin is one of the most widely basically understand, he has a broad understanding of where basically nutrition comes from, where all grasses come from. He's a grass farmer, that's what he likes to say, I'm a grass farmer, love that. He lets the land tools do their job. So I went up and shook Justin's hand. And within a week of saying that I was going to form something called the Beef Initiative, I also met JP, also met Michael with Oshi. We had the conversation. Within that same 10-day period, I used technology to find Cole Bolton of KNC Cattle. I got in my pickup truck, another form of technology. I drove all the way down to Austin, Texas, and I went and shook Cole's hand, told him what we were going to do. By that time, by the time I had finished talking with Cole Bolton, we already had JP and his team had already had beefinitiative.com up and running. In that short period of time of 10 days, the Beef Initiative was launched. We were using technology. We started collaborating. Complete strangers within 10 days had already formed something that we all now know as the Beef Initiative. At that time, we didn't know exactly what we were going to do. What I did know that I needed to do was we needed to create an index that acted a lot like Google. To reflect on my career, I used to fly out to Palo Alto and meet with Google before Google really was even discovered. Uh, it was to the, the times of Yahoo, free Yahoo email. Yahoo had search engines. We had basically Ask Jeeves. We had all kinds of different technologies. Netscape was the browser. There was a small company called Google and they were in kind of a little office park, strip mall looking type of place. But they were coming and they were coming hard and fast and i was working within the big tech industry and i went out there and i started meeting with google and they were a fascinating company and they were the answer to a lot of woes that we were going through as far as being able to find information on the internet and so within google within the indexes within searches within having the searchable uh, apparatus that you want to provide to somebody, I knew that we had to create our own index that acted a lot like Google. I scraped, JP scraped, uh, our team scraped the internet at least three times from grass-fed to organic, all the attributes that they like to build into the agricultural industry in the United States of America. We found thousands and found thousands and upon thousands of producers across the United States that call themselves organic and grass-fed, grass-finished. You can find any attribute, data attribute that you want. 
it was too much. A lot of pollution, just like the internet has today. A lot of information that is not built on a peer-to-peer -peer communication structure that basically doesn't have a bunch of gatekeepers to let you know what type of information you probably really are searching for, but you're not gonna find too easily because you haven't paid your way into the big boys club of Google's, Google searchability, Bing, DuckDuckGo, all of those, they're search engines. We use them, they're great mappings. Google Maps, guess what? We got something called Maps, Beef Initiative Maps, something like that. I don't know, it's coming. I'll be talking about that a little bit. But anyways, what we did is I asked three or four, several producers to come into the Beef Initiative. Uh, of course, that would have been Justin with uh, Tear Bloom, Panhandle Meats. Of course, Cole Bolton, he was the second person. Uh, not too far after that, met up with uh, Jason Rick, Rick Ranches. Have y'all been to Rick Ranches in Colorado? Why not? He had a conference out there in next to Crawford, Colorado, Norfolk Valley of Colorado. Well, me and Jason, we shook digital hands. Uh, we didn't meet in person for a while, but he liked the idea of this crazy ass West Texas cowboy wanting to give him a voice, a digital voice and a voice in his community. How do we do that? We started from scratch, building out an index in which he could be, he could be found throughout the world. If you go into the beefinitiative.com forward slash producers section, you'll see that it says crowdsourced, open sourced. It's a collaboration, folks. It's a form of collaboration that has been decentralized. It's been basically from the ground up, grassroots, grass fed. And now over 160 producers and ranchers have come into the Beef Initiative Index that was grown from scratch. But the technology behind it is a blade that never dulls. With that philosophy, we have one of the best indexes right now. Is it overly populated? No, this is not a numbers game, is it? No, this is a quality game. What we do is we give basically a voice, a digital voice to so many local producers and ranchers in the United States. They come in voluntarily. We're not selling to them. We're not soliciting to them. We want to earn their respect and their trust. Once they respect and trust us and they've done their own research and analysis on the Beef Initiative, then they are more than uh, welcome to come in through our gates. The pathway, well, we've got plenty of proof of work and we've got plenty of results. I'm a results-driven person. We've got plenty of results that basically is starting to win the hearts and the minds of many producers and ranchers because once they get into the Beef Initiative, they get found by consumers that are looking for them. It's a decentralized way of basically giving the American rancher a digital voice that they've never had. This is the exciting point. Basically, you can look at the last year and a half, two years as training camp. We're about to explode in a way that I don't think a lot of people do understand because guess what? We've been working on several blades that will never dull when it comes to technology. JP and team have been coding all kinds of great new products and services for all of our producers and ranchers. You do not have to just be a rancher or a beef producer or a cattleman or a cattlewoman 
here pretty soon within this year, within six months, we're going to be releasing products and services that gives everybody in the clean food industry that doesn't overly rely on all these silly buzzwords that basically has been hijacked as far as organic, beyond organic, grass-fed, grass-finished, everything that yeah, we don't even know where they come from originally. Can somebody please tag me on Twitter and tell me where organic truly came from? That's your assignment today. Where did the organic come from? Can you tell me? Is it a copyright? Is it a trademark? Is it a government certification? Who invented it? Who uses it? Who has to pay for it? Who pays for it to be on their products and services? What multinational corporations put it on the labels in which a lot of people still read? Can you answer those questions for me? Tag me on Twitter. Let's have a chat about, about organic and where it comes from and why. Probably you need to go deeper than just looking at a label that says organic. See, once again, technology used in the beginning it had good intentions. But now I don't know if uh, the technology behind organic is 100% factual so what we try to do is give you peer-to-peer -peer, factual decentralized proof of work that comes with results that you can rely on so you can build your health you can build your business you can build your ranch you can steward land you can steward animals all in a decentralized way that is based on peer-to-peer -peer access that is foundational that comes from a blade that never dulls so that's what we've been working on and that's what we're about to explode onto the world because guess what? There is no borders and there is no basically, um, let me think it. There's no gatekeepers except the powers that be which we actually know how they operate. And we use technology to find out all the nefarious things that are going on in our food industry and in our chemical industries and basically the cattle industry, uh, water, all kinds of different uh, forms of foundational services, products that we rely on to live. So getting back to technology. Um, my grandfather, basically, he was outside of a place called Lotney, Texas. And uh, there's a place called Plainview, Texas that's also close. Well, in the beginning, he didn't have a bunch of these big old corporate warehouse-looking um, buildings in, in, the, in the desert high plains of Texas. Um, the technology was different. And many years now, as he has passed, uh, his ancestral farm home, in which I grew up basically at all the time, and uh, many weekends, many times, hoeing cotton, whatever it was, we were basically, uh, we were as close to the earth as we could be. And, um, and that was the technology in which we used. We used the soil, folks. We, I didn't know what pesticides were. I didn't know what herbicides were. We used the soil. We used the Ogallala Aquifer. Uh, we were actually able to get the water from the biggest aquifer in the United States. Technology used for that was a pump. We pumped it out of the ground. And if we didn't pump it, then we didn't have to because we knew how to build rows that basically rainfalls, yet bar ditches, yet all kinds of technology that my grandfather knew. Well, his farm home, our ancestral farm home, is now, as the crow flies, less than 10 miles from a huge Bear Monsanto chemical and grain manufacturing plant in the Texas Panhandle. Technology has changed. Well, 
we're going to invert the technology in which they've basically brought during my lifetime and we're getting back within the beef initiative to more of a regenerative technology in which my grandfather basically that's what he taught me that's what he taught his community that's how he fed his family that's how he fed his community it's an inversion uh inversion of technology that basically was stolen out of our communities it's been stolen out of a lot of mindsets producers mindsets and once again i come from commodity cowboy country okay get make no mistakes i this is not an argument or a judgment against any producers or ranchers in the United States. This is saying that we have a business model in the beef initiative that is regenerative. It practices regenerative mindset first, and we're building protocols for people that want to basically invert back into that regenerative mindset and basically ways to steward the land and our animals in which we want to consume and basically build our foundational nutrition system for ourselves individually and our children in a way that is a blade that never dulls. That means that our health basically is going to be saved and stewarded by pure animal protein and pure clean produce that comes from the soil with very few inputs that basically have been engineered in a way with new technologies that has now made a nation sick. Have y'all ever seen this horseshoe? Do you know what a horseshoe means when it's upright like that? It means that's good luck. So you see horseshoes that on a doorstep or something like that, it's never upside down. That means all that luck is flowing right on top of your head and it's not holding all that luck in that horseshoe. Thought that was cool. That's one of the reasons I'm sitting here. But anyways, back to technology. Um, let's go, I'm gonna read my notes real quick. I was talking about the global technology basically that's taking over basically the world's food production. We know it's there. I'm not gonna fight them. They're gonna do what they're gonna do. They're in it to win it. They have to make profits. Uh, they've got shipping lanes, distribution. They use all forms of technology from basically all the way very shallow in the ground. They're not as deep as regeneratives. When I do that, that's the size of roots that we want in grass. That way the land tools, the cows can keep on making that soil grow. I saw a dust storm the other day up here in the Texas Panhandle, but then it rained. We've been raining up here for three days. Praise the rain. Thank you, God, for the rain. But anyways, whenever you bring global technology into a community, and we did it with uh, within the communities with USDA in the United States, that global technology comes into a community and then it takes that energy of that community shotguns it out across the world we know that's happened because they said we were going to go feed the world that's what we were going to do that's what we taught all of our animals animal producers farmers ranchers everybody that's what we taught them that's what we sold them we said you're going to go feed the world we never fed the world but what we did is we shipped that energy that local energy, that kinetic energy, and we shotgunned it with global technology across the world. Well, what the Beef Initiative is doing is we're bringing all that kinetic energy, we're doing an inversion back into our community, back into our soil, back into our root systems, back into our own nutrients and our own minerals, and we're gonna start consuming there in which where we stand. 
to inversion of the global technology that has been basically engineered into everybody's life, especially in agriculture and ranching. We know that we're not going to stop the powerhouse that is the multinational food multinational industrial food complex. So don't think I'm fighting you. I'm just creating a better business model that, than you. <clears throat> and so we're going to be partners in this because we're going to feed children, right? And we're all going to do it the right way. That's what you say you're going to do. Well, we're going to go with results. Our results are going to be children that never have to be saved by the medical industry because they're going to be so damn healthy because you know what? We inverted their health with old forms of technology that is kinetic and it's not this global technology apparatus that has basically changed our seed it's changed the chemicals that we consume and it's changing the ranching industry in a way that is getting pretty i don't know it's a prohibition against our ranchers and it's a prohibition against our health because we have all the proof that our health has failed ever since you basically took that global technology and sucked it out of our communities. One way you did is you took away our processing centers. We're bringing the processing centers back. We're inverting back to what my grandfather had, which he used was a local microprocessing center. That's a new form of modern day technology that we have proof of work and now we have results that we're feeding communities now in the state of Texas. And we're about to expand into Kansas and then beyond that, had a phone conversation with somebody up in Idaho the other day. TBIAC.org is basically the Beef Initiative Association Council, which what we're doing is consulting and advising on new microprocessing centers across the United States. Justin Trammell and Donnie Trammell, they opened up Panhandle Meats, Cole Bolton, Hometown Meats, Luling, Texas. They're using modern day technology to invert that energy back into their community so they can build their communities from within with the best beef in the world. The best beef in the world, that's through the Beef Initiative because we've got all these wonderful minds and stewards of land, animals, families, nutrition, called the Great American Rancher, and they're using technology that's open source and crowdsourced, and it's one big collaboration, it's not a competition. So, see how we're inverting technology back into our communities? We're not gonna play that global technology that shotguns all of our energy across the world. So folks, where are you gonna focus? You're gonna focus in on the mirror. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, the evolution of technology within the Beef Initiative. Of course, it started with boots on the ground. Uh, boots on the ground that went all over this country. Been doing this for over three and a half years, folks. I use all forms of technology to research, to analyze where we stood, where are we, and where we're going. Uh, it wasn't a good out, uh, basically results that I found. It wasn't a good outcome. It doesn't look like a good outcome. A lot of people have lost their health forever in the United States. A lot of children are losing their health in the United States. And so we, from the Beef Initiative, have created a form of technology like a blade that never dulls. Um, you heard me talking about, I did start writing the Harvest of Deception on one of these. Smartphone, use my thumbs. It's the only thing I had. It's what everybody else was on TikTok. I was writing the Harvest of Deception. I went back and edited, of course. But that's how the Harvest of Deception and that's how the Beef Initiative started. 
was on one of these forms of technology. It's how you use it. It's just like a screwdriver. What can you build with a screwdriver or what can you destroy with a screwdriver? What can you build with a smartphone technology, modern day technology, and what can you build with it and what can you destroy with it? Well, lately we're destroying young minds because there is a division of interpersonal communication that has happened during the digital world. I was part of that. I was in the labs in which we were analyzing families. We were seeing how we could divide the family up in, the, in their home. Where was Johnny going to go? Where was Jill going to go? Where was dad going to sit? Where was mom going to sit? And they're all going to be on separate devices. Now you tell me, write to me, is that how your family now? Do you do something else? Do you take this form of technology? Do you put it in a basket at night when, so everybody can have actual conversations, that kinetic energy? Do you feel it? I'm a very empathetic person. so. What that means is I can feel another person's presence and I can feel vibrations. That's how I've always been. I've been very sensitive to that. Uh, I've been very shy my whole life, but whenever I started basically the Beef Initiative, I'd never been a public speaker and I'd never done a podcast. I'd never really even heard my voice uh, through the internet. And what I knew though, is if I was gonna do this, I was gonna leverage all technology that was available from writing the harvest of deception with my thumbs on a smartphone to basically buying a $12 mic off of Amazon because I had no idea which mic to get. I think a lot of podcasters go through this. And then what do you know? I met Adam Curry. He heard what I was doing. He sent me a mic. So once again, Adam Curry, thank you for sending me my first mic that actually worked. I still don't use it enough because I'm on the road so much. Like today, I've got a DGI mic, new technology that I'm leveraging. Got an iPhone that I'm using for this podcast right now. We've got lights, we've got production value that is starting to get amazingly good and it's gonna continue because we're gonna leverage technology in a way that basically makes the Beef Initiative blade never dull. And so what we're gonna do as we move forward, Texas Slims Cuts Productions, which you know, everybody knows June, our executive producer. He is basically facilitating engineering our media production in the way that JP with the Beef Initiative, Michael with Oshi, this big collaboration. Do you see how we're all starting to form this energy well that inverts back into our selective communities? And so, Going back, um, started with a Harvest of a Deception, of course, and within 10 days, you know, I'd met Cole Bolton, met Jason Rick, Holy Cow, and in Weld, uh, Weldon Warren of Holy Cow Beef, and we were moving forward. We built the index, we were basically getting found, and then what'd we do? Well, JP, and then of course, Michael with Oshi, and Cole Bolton of KNC Cattle, well, we started developing a technology stack because what we were going to do is we were going to build a technology stack that we could actually provide you with the information, the education, and the beef intelligence in the way that you needed. Plus, we were going to deliver it straight to your door. So for over a year now, we have been selling beef through the Beef Initiative. And we've been using a technology stack that is basically based on payment systems, it's based on a form of censorship resistance, data-based 
uh, creation. There's a lot of stuff that JP and team have done to be able to bring you beef to your front door. This is not a marketing plan, folks. This is letting you know what we do. We are going to sell more beef in the United States within the next two years than anybody else. And how are we gonna do that? Well, that index that we created is gonna allow producers and ranchers, and I say we, I say we, I mean every producer and rancher in the Beef, Inisti beef Initiative Index is gonna start selling more beef than they ever have. Because what it's become, it's become a big umbrella of technology that protects the American rancher and producer. What it also does, it gives them a marketing arm, a brand, an international brand that the Beef Initiative has now become, and it became that very fast. We have beef initiatives popping up all over the world right now. Uh, South America, Europe, Asia, Australia, United States, every state, here we go. Uh, I don't know, all of the beef initiatives in the United States, of course, it all started in Texas. What it is, it's an umbrella of marketing, it's an umbrella of protection, and what it is, it's products and services that you've never been able to afford, rancher and producer, and we're doing it open sourced, and it is a collaboration, and it comes with results. We sold over a million dollars worth of beef through the Beef Initiative last year, and that million dollar tagline there, I say, that was with Cole Bolton, Beef Initiative, and holy cow, okay. Guess what? That's just three producers, three basically production models that we've built out with the technology stack. Now we have Texas Slim's Cuts, we have KNC Cattle, we have Hometown Meats, and we're in talks with about 10 other basically producers to use our technology stack in which we developed with Cole Bolton of KNC Cattle and Holy Cow. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna give it over and offer it to all ranchers and producers in the United States. We're gonna start off with beef, of course, but then we're gonna go with pork, we're gonna go with fowl, we're gonna go with produce, we're gonna go with anything you want because guess what we've been doing? We've developed a new e-marketplace that absolutely rivals and basically uh, shames Facebook and any other type of apparatus that says that you may sell your product online, but you know what? You're gonna follow our rules and we're gonna censor your words. We're gonna censor your data attributes that you use because we, we basically data mine those data attributes, those hashtags, those keywords. Well, they've been doing some research studies on those. And you can throw up a red flag back in that basically analytical artificial intelligence system. Well, guess what? Censored. Well, we're not going to censor you. You're going to have a voice. You're going to have a digital voice. You're going to have a kinetic voice, peer to peer. Going back, whenever I was young in technology in Austin, Texas, peer to peer, peer to peer. I knew peer to peer before I even got into technology. My grandfather, he taught me that peer-to-peer -peer kinetic technology. When I was in Austin, I worked for a startup that basically got bought out by Charles Schwab for a half a billion dollars. What do we do? We let you trade stock peer-to-peer, kind of peer-to-peer, the best that had been done at that time. You could actually trade from your computer all the way to the ECNs in Wall Street that had never been done before. Startup company started with $1,500. 
I wasn't one of the founders. I was lucky enough to join the team. And there were some fascinating minds and I learned a lot about entrepreneurial spirits. I learned about basically blades that never dull. Charles Schwab is a pretty powerful trading organization these days. They're a technology company. Well, guess what the beef initiative is? It's a technology company on the back end. You've got this guy calling them Texas Slim on the front end. Well, I grew up in cattle country and I'm going to become the biggest spokesperson that you've ever seen. I like to tell everybody I'm going to be the Jimmy Dean of beef. Well, Jimmy Dean actually grew up in Olton, Texas, right down the road from Plainview, Texas, where Bear and Monsanto have now put their stamp on this planet. And it's a big old box. Do a do a search, do, a, do one of those satellite Google searches, you'll, you'll find it. Anyways, the Jimmy Dean of beef. What I want to do is, basically they took Jimmy Dean, and what did they do? They got a brand, and they turned it into some of the worst food that I've ever tasted. And I say that because that's my personal opinion, but I also read the label. I don't like all those things that I can't produce or pronounce in, on those labels now. Jimmy Dean used to not have all those labels. I'm never going to put those types of labels on any type of packaging we go. What we're going to do is basically our kinetic energy, which is what? Shake your rancher's hand. That's how it all starts. If you can't shake your rancher's hand in person, what are you going to do? Oh, you're going to shake a digital hand with your rancher. That is close as you can because what? It's results driven. It's decentralized. It's in an index that doesn't provide censorship just like Facebook, Google, and all those other centralized platforms in which we live our lives. A form of technology that is now causing prohibition within our spirit, our mind, and our body. Don't get me started. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to my words here. Um, do, 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 let me see here. We're going, uh, da, 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 da. we got the tech suite, we got the marketplace, we've got a crowdsource producer list. Okay, talking to the ranchers producers. Folks, had some, some gentleman in Kansas, he said he was very suspicious of the beef initiative and he made it public that he was very suspicious of the beef initiative. You know what I tell people that say that they're suspicious? I say, well, you must be suspect. So to have a mindset of suspicion, it means one, you've probably been screwed over. Two, you have a hard, form, uh, hard time trusting people. Well, like I say, we're open sourced. We're crowdsourced. We come proof of work. We come with the results. If you don't like them, you don't have to be suspect. You just don't have to participate. And I'm okay with living rent-free in your head from here on out because I know what we're doing is truth in food. And it's not a judgment. It's saying, hey, we're going to do it differently. We're going to do it like our grandparents did it. So if you're suspect of that, well, bless your heart. So I ramble. Anyways, what we're going to do is we're going to develop all kinds of these wonderful technology that are open sourced. It's hard to be open. It's hard to be suspect of open source coding. Most of the they, a lot of people out there don't even know what open source means. Well, it means basically Bitcoin technology. Bitcoin is open source code. It's free, folks. It's software that you can look at. It's a ledger. It's property that you can own that's in a digital realm, and it's a store of value, and it's peer-to-peer -peer technology that you can trust, and it can't be confiscated. 
Man, that sounds good to me. Why would you be suspect of that? Oh, because of your consumption model. You're suspect of Bitcoin because you're looking at centralized, basically, audio and video that feeds you basically propaganda, and it doesn't allow you to have basically the source of the seed of the truth of the type of technology that you should be using, but it's going to steer you in a way through an algorithm that basically makes you behave in a way in which the person that that gatekeeper is controlling either the audio, the video, or the food. So we're going to circumvent all around that. And maybe that does cause you to be suspect, but what it does, it gives you free market access to a lifestyle that you're yearning for. And most people are looking for across the United States and this world. See what we're doing? We're building a blade that never dulls and we're doing it with old school technology, boots on the ground, kinetic handshakes, feelings of the heart, vibration, looking at you in the eye, and basically having conversations. We're going to say no to the division of interpersonal communication in which what has been created through our digital world. I know, I wrote a big research paper in 2004 about the division of interpersonal communication and I wrote it for the telecommunications industry. And so, what we're going to do is we're going to say no, and we're not going to validate the deceptions. What are the deceptions? Start off by reading the harvest of deception first, but the deceptions are everything that basically steals the energy from your community. You being your community first. You yourself. Where is your energy going? Is it being broadcast like a shotgun all across the world because you're paying attention to something that is based on an adult consumption model and adult consumer demand that is now destroying our health as a nation and it's actually affecting half our kids in the United States right now. So half of our kids in the United States are now suffering from metabolical problems. This has never happened in the history of mankind. But why is it happening? Well, there are many reasons, but one reason that you can look at the mirror and you can go right now, one reason it is happening is because of an adult consumer demand and an adult consumption model that is actually passed on and forwarded on to the children of this nation. I ain't gonna have it no more. And if you're going to be suspect of that, well, I guess you're a suspicious person. So bless your heart and good luck with that. So by saying all of that, are you starting to see a visualization of how we can actually make change? And we're not having to fight with anybody. All we're doing is basically forming a new form of kinetic energy that's always been there. And it starts with a handshake, folks. This is the Beef Initiative. This is about truth and food. This is about basically giving the rancher a voice he's never had. This is about giving a spirit to a child that is vastly being stolen from. And who's going to lead this charge? You, the individual. The sovereign individual that has a decentralized mindset, that uses technology in the correct way. You're not going to be ignorant anymore. You're going to become your own research analyst. You're going to become the marketing arm of your producer and rancher. It's as simple as that. You have all the tools in front of you. Every time that you have a great meal and you've eaten a steak or beef or any type of clean food from a producer, you're going to get on your TikTok, on your Instagram, on your Facebook, on your Twitter, on any other social media apparatus, and you're going to talk about your producer and rancher and you're going to give them a voice and that voice is going to funnel through the big marketing and branding 
uh, umbrella of the beef initiative and they're going to have a voice within that umbrella of marketing and we're going to provide them products and services do you see how you build a, basically a blade that never dulls with technology well we're doing it in the beef initiative and we're going to continue doing it like i said it's kind of been like training camp right now but what we're about to do is those products and services are going to be unleashed to all of our producers ranchers in the United States, who knows, across the world. Can you say something? Can you say Shopify beef? Shopify of beef. Do you know what Shopify is? It's an e-marketplace. Well, each rancher and producer is not going to be censored anymore. We're going to allow them to have a digital storefront because they're going to establish and help establish those personal relationships just like our grandparents used to eat. And like I say, this is not a marketing plan. We are the beef initiative. We're about food intelligence that leads into beef intelligence that leads into health intelligence. The beef initiative is a great American health initiative that is being led by the great American rancher producer. Okay. We're going to get into decentralized communications. Okay. That's podcasting 2.0. Uh, people do you not know what podcasting go to the fountain app the fountain app do a search for it it's basically podcasting 2.0 adam curry is a big leader and really he is the podfather uh, he's helped the beef initiative become part of podcasting 2.0 we're on over 70 to 90 platforms you're watching this through youtube which is great because i want everybody to change their audio and their video and their food consumption model starting with your eyes first then your ears and then your mouth Eyes first, ears, mouth. Audio, video, vi wait, let me say this. Video, audio, food. See that? That's a consumption model. How's it starting? Well, podcasting 2.0 is your audio. And anyways, we get to basically participate in Pioneer Podcasting 2.0 with the Fountain app. What we do is we exchange sats. People get to say, hey, loved your podcast. Here's some sats. Sats being the smaller denomination of what a Bitcoin is. It's kind of like pennies on the dollar, but it's sats on the Bitcoin. So you'll learn more if you pay attention to the Beef Initiative with your audio, video, and consumption models. Okay, here we go. I'm going to name off people. Okay, we're also known as TWS. Here we go. I'm going to read what they said. 1,000 sats. I'm going to shake Sally Calhoun's hand this weekend at the Palisines Ranch here in San Benito County in California. Soon after that, I will be purchasing my first half cow to fill my freezer of pure and nutritional beef. Thank you, Slim. Keep on preaching the good word of food intelligence. Thank you so much. Exactly, right there. That's called a collaboration, folks. That's a digital handshake. That's giving sats backs. That's giving the voice to the producer. I'm going to name that producer again, okay? It is Paisiano. I'm going to spell it. P-A-I-C-I-N-E-S Ranch. San Benito County in California, and basically uh, Sally Calhoun. Sally Calhoun, thank you so much. And who said that? Also known as TWS, at also known at TWS. That's the type of messages that we want to hear through Podcasting 2.0. That's what you tell us. Then I read it off. You say, hey, here's a thousand stats. What are you doing out there? See, you're becoming the marketing arm of the great American rancher producer. How easy is this? What a wonderful collaboration. 
That's about it. Decentralized mindset, folks. Okay, next one. Thousand sats from Jordan Rickner. Enjoyed the summit in Arkansas. Lots of good information and good people. Just dropped off a steer at our local processor. Feeding our community one beef at a time. Talk to you soon. More great things to come. Jordan, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being in Arkansas. Ozark Beef Initiative. We got all kinds of good content. Uh, Todd wrote an article. Uh, our Substack next week, texasslim.substack.com. Make sure you go read it. Subscribe to it. Go to thebeefinitiative.com. You can subscribe to that right there. All right, next one. Here we go. We got... 30,000 sats from our very good friend, Bubba. Getting it and getting it punchy. Let's roll with it. I am a West Texas kind of a punchy cowboy. I get made fun of that. Pearl snaps, Cole Bolton, I wear them. You talk funny. I don't. You're from East Texas. I'm from West Texas. All right, here we go. We got 100 sats from Brian Hazel. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you. We've got one 12,498 sats from Elise. Thank you, Elise. We appreciate you for that. And we've got also Busted Canoe. Busted Canoe, you are extremely reliable. Appreciate you streaming us sats. You did it more than once, and you just keep on saying it, and you say boost, boost, boost. Let's keep on boosting, folks. That's how people become the marketing arm. Go to Fountain App Podcasting 2.0. Uh, learn about Bitcoin through basically giving tips, giving your your value for value exchange. That's something Adam Curry is really pushing, and he taught me a lot about that. I'm a horrible consumer, folks. I never have been a good consumer. But what I'm very good at, and my grandfather taught me this, was that I'm a very good exchanger of value. Uh, he taught me the three-day rule. Do you really want that, Slim? Do you really need that? Well, wait three days. Now on that third day, if you feel that it's got value that you can go with, we'll go ahead and purchase it or exchange something of equal value. Barter systems, folks, we used to live and die by them. Well, there's a new way of basically doing a value for value exchange. It's Bitcoin, it's beef, beef and Bitcoin, peer-to-peer -peer technology that is now being led by the Beef Initiative. A lot of people don't understand the correlation of Bitcoin and beef. All it is, folks, it's basically using two technologies, how to steward the best beef in the world, how to steward the best money in the world and use a peer-to-peer -peer transactional system that is an exchange for a value-for-value -value exchange. It's not complicated, folks. It's very simple. It's a, it's a form of, basically, communication that cuts out all the centralized prohibition against our mind, body, and spirits. Um, I'm going to talk about that real quick because I get tagged a lot on social media, and I get emails, and I hear everything that basically is nefarious or it's propagandized or it's a psyop or it's just confusion. We live in a very confusing state of mind in the world right now. There's a lot of change, foundational change is happening, folks, and it's going to move forward. It's not going to be stopped. But what you can say and you can do is that you can put your foot down and you can say, I'm not going to validate these deceptions that I find deceptive. And if you find them deceptive, well, it means that they're probably kind of engineering into your mind space and you don't like it. So 
what we're going to do is we're going to steward a new way of thinking. We're going to steward a new way of sourcing peer-to-peer, value-for-value exchanges. And we want you to be a part of that by saying there's so much misinformation out there. I guarantee you the amount of producers, the amount of people that we have in the medical community, the food production from multinational food corporations to local food led community based systems. We know what's going on in the agricultural world in the United States and across the globe. I've traveled uh, halfway around the world. I've been performing my research analysis in which what I do and we know what's going on within the food systems. You can forget about all of basically the fear porn and all of the the headline news that comes out against everything that is happening to the ranchers and producers in the United States. We know it. We're living it. We don't have to be tagged with it, but what you can do is you can participate in helping overcome it by giving your great American rancher producer a voice. That is exactly where you need to be spending your time. If you're going to email Texas Slim, won't you email them with the producer rancher that you're talking with, that you've shaken hands with, that you found in your community, or that you drove across the country and you saw on vacation? Maybe it's somebody that you heard talking in the uh, line at the airport. That you heard, hey, there's a producer out here in uh, outside of Boise, Idaho. Maybe it's outside of, I don't know, Bismarck, uh, North Dakota, Mott, North Dakota, perhaps. I don't know, South Dakota. Is it down there in Florida, in Sarasota? Where is it? I don't know. Anyways, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be using YouTube here and we're going to be bringing you new forms of beef intelligence that the world has never been able to see in the type of collaboration that we have engineered. So you can be suspect of it, but I guarantee it. If I'm speaking it, it's coming from the producers and ranchers themselves. It's not a competition anymore, folks. That's what happened whenever we commoditize and subsidize our food industry. We created competition between you ranchers and producers not going to happen anymore not in the beef initiative what we're going to do is we're going to collaborate and we're going to show respect because it comes with authenticity comes with validation transparency comes with love it comes with kinetic energy that basically is formed through a digital handshake or one that comes from the heart on that folks let's get this party started because it is it's an international lifestyle Go subscribe to the Substack. We have new categories and new offerings coming through the Beef Initiative. We have the e-marketplace coming. We have a new tribal chat, uh, basically, platform coming. We have maps, Beef Initiative maps, maps.beefinitiative.com. I think it's what it's called. But it's uh, stuff that old JP's been working on. He's a fascinating man, and I love him for being the person he is and how he stewards his family and his community. He's up here in the Texas Panhandle, too. Michael from Oshie met JP in the Texas Panhandle. I tell you what, did you know the Texas Panhandle? Amarillo, Amarillo is yellow in Spanish. Amarillo. Do you know the stockyards of Amarillo, Texas was basically one of the best marketing apparatuses in the world at one time? You want to go toe-to-toe with me on that? Let's go because this is just about sharing stories. Amarillo's got some beef history. You know about Charles Goodnight? You know about the cattle drive? Texas once fed a nation. We're doing it again. You ready? Let's go, folks.
This is the Beef Initiative. I am Texas Slim. Are you? Yeah.